0: Welcome humans, holograms, human-feline hybrids and mechanoids to Scuddercast,
1: your one-stop shop to all things Red Dwarf. This week, episode 5, Confidence and Paranoia, original broadcast date, 14th of March, 1988. Welcome to Scuddercast number 5. This week, we're reviewing the episode, Confidence and Paranoia. This week, I'm joined by Nick. Hi. And Anthony. Hello. Unfortunately, due to other commitments, Andy can't join us and unfortunately due to technical issues, Ian can't join us. However, let's review this episode after a quick synopsis from Nick.
0: Hi. In this episode, Lister sneaks in to visit Kachansky's quarters, even though Rimmer hasn't decontaminated them. This leads to Lister waking up in the middle of the night feeling unwell with a mutated form of pneumonia. When Lister collapses on the floor, he visits sickbay with the help of the scutters. But that night, as Lister lays in bed dreaming, it starts raining fish. When he wakes up, Rimmer explains about the fish, saying his hallucinating, is becoming real, and tells him that he has two visitors in the drive room. This is where we meet paranoia and confidence, side effects from Lister's illness. Despite warnings from Rimmer, Lister spends a lot of time with confidence, and is unaware confidence destroyed the medicomp and killed paranoia just to be with Lister. Eventually, Lister is led to try and find kochanski's hologram disc so he can switch her hologram on. He finds Rumor's hiding place and goes for a spacewalk, excuse me, a spacewalk with Confidence. While on the spacewalk, Confidence reveals his, his dirty deeds while trying to talk Lister into moving his helmet and breathing in space, which leads to Confidence taking his helmet off and exploding. Back inside, Lister inserts kochanski's disc and asks Holly to project the hologram, Bones to find his worst nightmare comes true
1: right well thank you very much for that nick this is probably one of my favorite episodes um i do i do really like this confidence really makes me scream with laughter it's very very funny however the the episode starts with Lister, I think again, you, you're going back to this, this lonely last human. Uh, Lister being very sad. What is, If I remember rightly, he sat in the drive room watching a, an old weepy movie. He, he sat there eating like a little snack and uh, drinking his beer milkshake, watching this um, little movie when Holly pops on the screen, uh, bored. Holly's wanting him to, he's, he's saying that he's read every single thing ever written by anyone. And he asks, Lister to remove um, the Agatha Christie novels from his memory bank so he can read them again.
2: Well, yeah, I, I, you know, when you're watching this, um, yeah, it's it's typical Holly's behaviour. It's typical of um, one of his wind ups. You know, when he's winding uh, Rimmer up. And yeah. I actually, I I never took it as in his board, You know, and oh, all to loose end now is what he actually says. I've always thought oh, it's, it's a wind up. He's trying to get Lister's goat, as it was. It's um It's a way he keeps himself going.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially with the when Lister removes the Agatha Christie novels, he's like, um, "You asked me to remove the Agatha Christie novels." He's like, "Who's she?" Yeah. (laughs) The scene goes
2: on and on and on. Well, when he initially comes in, you've got Listers watching that movie, and it's the exact same scene. It's the you know the the pinnacle of the scene. Lister's cry. I mean, he spits his beer at his uh, milkshake out down his front. He does, yeah. You know, because of. (laughs) He's <laughs> crying that hard and it's at that exact point every single time that Holly pops his head up on the screen so yeah <laughs> you know yeah to me I have always took it as a wind-up
1: yeah one one thing I did notice about this scene as well when um, when Holly gets him to remove uh, the Agatha Christie novels the keyboard is so old that he does it on it's like um, I don't know if you remember the old Vic-20s the, the Commodore Vic-20s it looks like one of those just a shorter version very small clunky keyboard
0: yeah, Fantastic. Oh, I think it is. Uh, the yeah. Vic 20 were beige, the, it was a Commodore 64 that were brown, like that keyboard, yeah. but it's got the function keys down the right hand side of the keyboard. That's right. And yeah. I think it is a Commodore 64. That's that's written in my notes.
1: Ah, oh, right. Well, I mean, it's it, it's like if you look around at most of the scenes, you've got like keyboards just welded to the wall and, yeah, and, <laughs> and I, just silver
0: sprayed. Old circuit boards screwed up while painted yeah, yeah. over uh oh, very good. It's
2: BBC yeah. for you.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next scene it goes again. Um, Liz has had enough of the old Agatha Christie scene, so he, he goes back to the bunk and lays on his bed and he's watching it all soppy story and all the rest of it. Um, and he's disturbed again by Rimmer coming into the room. He's like off. <laughs> and uh, again, you you've got Rimmer just being. He, he's in his PE kit again. And he's just sat there saying, "Oh, you're being a slob." And um, he's saying how he's achieved 17 of his uh, 17 of his things on his to-go um, to-do list. Oh, uh, what does he call it? The daily goal list. Daily goal list. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying how Lister will never accomplish anything. Uh, excellent scene. Excellent scene.
2: Have you yeah. noticed how Brown um, Lister's shirt is in it? I think he's got the same. Bed attire as Rimmer. I, th- I think I think they're both wearing white t-shirts, but yeah. it's. I mean, Rimmer's is obviously glistening, gleaming white. Uh, yeah. Lister's shirt though, is it's brown, and um, I mean, I'm open. It isn't actually meant to be a white t-shirt, but I think <laughs> I think it is, and it actually puts you off Lister a bit. Makes you realise if when you actually look and notice it when he stood next to Rimmer, it's uh, it is quite disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah he, he, he's um all the way through he's got like a massive stain down the front he's stained from um the the beer milkshake he he then goes to bed in that shirt doesn't he because when he's um in the later scenes when he jumps off the bunk he's still got that t-shirt on and it's just like oh god that's minging <laughs> yeah
0: that shows Rimmer's venous as well doesn't it when he's having a shave and that when he ask holly to shave him and that
1: yeah, but there again, I mean, it's just, it's just um,
2: cleanliness, really, isn't it? I'm just uh, thinking how um, unrealistic uh, Rimmer's uh, daily goal lists are as well. Um, learn Portuguese, it, one yeah, of them, wasn't learned, it? I think it's uh, yeah, it is. It's uh, I'll, I'll do it right after learn Portuguese, and um, if you've read the books, you know that one of his problems is is um, designing his. Um, the reason he doesn't get to be an officer, the reason he keeps failing, failing the exam is because he spends all of his time, instead of actually revising, doing a revision a revision chart, you know, trying to plot out his uh, day, uh, a timetable for his revision. And he literally that's spends right, yeah. all of his time doing that. And it's obviously the same thing with his daily lists. He spends more time doing these lists than actually getting on with it and doing any, getting anything done. So, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. you know, you've got... Um, Lister believing that the officers' quarters has been decontaminated, Rimmer was nowhere near getting it done.
1: Yeah, he was on his to-do list, and, yeah. and this is where um, Lister ends up getting an infection or a mutated strain of like the flu. Um, one thing about this scene before before we just carry on. Um, this scene also it, it says Lister's gone up to up to the officers' quarters to have a um, watch of. Uh, Kachansky's dream recorder. That does play a bigger part in future episodes. Um, like, thanks for the memory. Yeah. Um, and again, on this scene, what you've got, you've got um, Rimmer and Lister talking about love, and Lister saying, more beautiful thing is, and uh, and again, just how he's missing female company. And then you've got the the cynical side, the Rimmer side, saying, nope, nope, nope. L- love is just something generated by bank managers Manages. to make you spend all your money.
2: Yeah. you got to be a love celibate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah this is a, a scene of rimmer and lister just taking the rip out of each other trying to belittle each other oh rimmer that's trying to belittle lister
1: yeah that's right
0: and lister fighting back
1: okay the uh the next scene it's um it's showing lister with the the the, the mutated flu um in bed. He's laid there shaking and hot and cold sweats and he's like, Rimmer, Rimmer uh, and he wakes him up. Kind of a a role reversal of um as we discussed in last week's scene, uh, where Rimmer woke Lister And he, he drops out of bed all uh, with his blanket round him, all dying. And you see him walk along the corridor and then just collapse. Um it then cuts to Cat bouncing down the corridor. <laughs> um <laughs> brilliant brilliant scene i think it's one of the best cat scenes there is and well i think this episode um it does portray everybody very well but you've got you've got the cat walking down the corridor and he's just spraying everything with perfume or, or his cat sense should i say and he's like that's mine that's mine that's mine <laughs> and sprays around a little bit on the floor and says this is all mine i don't want that bit though <laughs> which i think is just brilliant
2: i tell you it's one good. thing i noticed with that scene yeah, it's when he, you know, when he turns around, he says, um, "You know, I've eaten five times, I've slept six times, I've made lots of things mine." You know, basically, it's been a good day. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only five minutes later. He's sat eating his chicken morengo and he turns around <laughs> to Rimmer and he says, um, "You know, I'm eating my lunch." So the impression I've got there is that he's only actually halfway through his day. You know, does, yeah, yeah. Does, does that mean he normally gets ten meals and sleeps twelve times? It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. It's a cat's life, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But oh, there's the end of that um,
1: little scene where he says he's eaten five times and he's slept six times and um, made a lot of things mine.
2: He says, tomorrow I think I'm going to try, it. Yeah, it try and have sex with something, with <laughs> yeah. somebody. And then he sees yeah. laid on the floor. So he's singing his um, SEX song, isn't he?
1: Yeah, SEX, I think I want it. SEX, I'm going to get it. SEX, I think i found it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, it's you, monkey boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely brilliant. But again it, it portrays just how much um how selfish the cat is. Because he walks down and is like, Oh it's you monkey boy. Um if you weren't my friend I'd steal your shoes. Well there. I've heard
2: I've heard two um two other podcasts I've heard have reviewed series one uh, okay. they've, they've both given them good reviews but one of the comments that both of them stated, both different podcasts stated was that the cat was a two dimensional nothing character, that it was a waste of time having him in it, and, and a lot of the comedy, a lot of the best comedy comes from cats being like a cat and acting like a cat, and I don't think he's wasted I think he's an essential part of series one you yeah. know, it's uh, totally comedy agree, totally agree. I, mean, I, I would say my favourite, well probably my top five moments from series one, they probably all involve the cat
0: Yeah, 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 but in other episodes, I forgot which episode it was, but it was just like a a spare part to the main story.
1: Uh, That was um, balance of no, sorry, waiting
0: waiting for God is a bit like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, waiting for God, he was just kind of a sideline in the last one. But having said that,
2: you still get you you get the yo yo scene, don't you? In waiting for God, you know, yeah, which is very funny. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it wasn't part of the story, as it were, was it? It was just a.
1: Yeah, no uh, and...
0: but, but then you come to this episode where Kat is just brilliant in it.
1: Yeah. Then moves on to the next scene where he's just totally walked over um Lister, just left him there for dead, so to speak. And then he goes in and he goes and orders his chicken morango. And <laughs> I like the way he just sits down. He unfolds his little leather case with his knife and fork in there. Like, it's something he carries around with him everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and he's got the... Um, he throws the chicken off the plate and then catches it. And it's like, no, no, chicken, you're too slow. <laughs> As if he's playing with his food like um, like a cat would.
0: Yeah, and then he throws it off the floor the other side. And then uh, Rimmer walks in. Yeah. And I love oh, the this... way... Uh, Rimmer saying, "Or oh, give me a hand with Lister. He's fallen on the floor." Blah blah blah. And as Lister, t- as uh, the cat stands up and Lister turns to, uh, sorry, Rimmer turns to walk out the door, and the cat sits back down and it carries on with his dinner. Yeah, okay, it it just fake crying. up, Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Did you? What do you reckon
2: to the Holly's emergency call as well? Just before that.
1: Emergency, emergency! Yeah, it's still still an emergency. Still an
2: emergency. <laughs> it's that's that's typical Holly. His deadpan, uh, yeah, gags that they use with him, isn't it? And, yeah. I mean, that I was going to say that wouldn't work with Hattie, but I, I suppose it does. She does do it, don't she? In um, one of the episodes.
0: Yeah. yeah, It's funny. A lot of it's down to Norman. Love it though, isn't it? it the way he is and his voice and how he looks just all adds to the comedy lines that he says. Yeah, yeah brilliant
1: the next scene is basically Rimmer has got Lister to the medical ward by using a couple of scutters and somehow dragged him there and into a wheelchair but it's it's red dwarf so I'm not going to ask too many questions so basically you've got Lister sat in the chair and obviously because Rimmer's a hologram he can't take his temperature or anything, so he's getting the scutters to do it. Um, Lister's wanting the medical droids to do it, but he's like, no, 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 they've got to learn. (laughs) They're trying to take his temperature and put it in his mouth, uh, but he gets stabbed in the eye, and again, it's another brilliant, brilliant scene.
2: It shows Rimmer struggling with his... um... You know, not actually having a body, doesn't it? It Insists that he's going to use the scutters, and you know, even when he, he, even after his pleading, when uh, Lister Brimmer turns around, he says, Well, you know, how about an anal temperature? No, you know, (laughs) it's it is, it's
1: again, yeah, it's very clever, and again, the the kind of setting the story, the, the suggesting because something that was a flu bug um, three million years ago is probably mutated and what he believes just to be a, a snivelling cold is well they have no idea what it is and just taking the temperature Um what, what you have also got as well you've got you've got Liszt are introducing the Confidence of Paranoia I guess and what he's suggesting is he, he's sat there and he's talking about Kuchanski again and saying how if he had another chance with her, and how his confidence would really build him up and say, "Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's do this," and then obviously, um, and then his paranoia would kick in and say, "Ah, no, you haven't got a chance."
2: Yeah, you get the. Um, in fact, this is where all the hallucinations come from. Into this scene, that's it, right. Yeah. It introduces the um, uh, the fish rain and the mayor of Warsaw spontaneously, com- you know, combusting and what. That's have right. It. That's yeah. that's Rimmer brings those up. Uh, And then, um, yeah, you've got Lister explains all about his concept of, um, you know, his his confidence comes in and he's able to approach Kachansky and just as he's about to speak, that's when he packs his bags on holiday, paranoia steps into, yeah, it it introduces everything for the um, second half of the uh, episode, you know, it's it's all brought in on this one scene.
1: I mean, it's very clever how they've done it, though. I mean, it's the same with every man. Um, I should say every man, every woman. Um, Everybody's got the confidence of paranoia, and it's just... it. Well, uh, as it goes further in in the episode, you, you do see those portrayed as actual characters, which I think is very good, and it's
2: very, very realistic. I speak to mine regular. <laughs> <laughs> mine just says no all the time. <laughs> You've got paranoia and paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: where's the where's the matter of Walsall come from but it never gets um, it... explained does it or does it in the books or what?
2: no it's no. um it, it's obviously just a bit of knowledge that uh, Rimmer's got into it? it's um
1: yeah he said um stranger things have happened when Lister's um suggesting that uh, Kachansky may have said yeah and he says um well only two um two things spring to mind um and one is the spontaneous combustion of the mayor of Warsaw in fifteen, in, I think it's fifteen forty-six, and in twelfth-century Burgundy uh, where it rained herring. Right. And that's where it then stems from.
0: Okay. I get it.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could say if 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 you'd missed that little bit, it'd be like, "Who the hell are these? why is it why is it raining fish?" Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that King Henry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. In the next scene, it goes on. It's it's Rima practicing his uh, necrobics, which is um, exercises for the dead. Eddie's just doing his facial exercises. It's a little bit strange. I'm I'm not sure why a hologram would really have to do that because surely a hologram can just take any form. So in theory, if he just wants to be given like a massive hunky body, then it can just do that.
2: Well, he does say, don't he, um, dead people can have heart attacks too. Do You notice, um, you know, just before he starts his uh, hologrammatic exercises for the dead, or whatever it's called, he's practising his um, salute. He's doing the double-rimmer and practising, and um, it just shows how much of an idiot he is when he doesn't think he's being watched.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you've, you've got him stood there doing his exercises, and you've got Lister obviously very feverish and laid in bed and it's like, it's raining fish, get an umbrella it's running fish Um, and again you've just got how selfish Rimmer is because he's just like, meh, whatever
2: Is Holly genuinely reading Agatha Christie or is he winding um, Rimmer up? When Rimmer says, Holly, what's going on? And he just comes back comes on screen and he just says um well, Hercule Poirot is just stepping off the train, and if you ask me, I think they all done it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, I don't see why not. I mean, if you think about it, and well, I guess he would have read all all the books in a lot less time than three million years. Um, yeah, but how does he read? <laughs> well, it, it I guess it's like a computer reading a disc.
0: You got a techie one.
1: <laughs> well, no.
2: <laughs> it is the eighties. <laughs> That's well, a yeah. point. The <laughs> they did have VHS.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, what you've then got is um, you've got Lister laying in bed, and as I previously said, he's laid there saying um, it's raining fish, and all of a sudden, fish start raining out the sky. There's just like an absolute mass of them. You, you can tell that one or two are actually real fish, um, but then as they come, start coming down in torrents of fish, I guess, um, you can tell that they're all dead fish and they have been caught for quite a while uh, then you've got Rimmer going out into the hallway and again you see the mayor who just spontaneously bust in front of him and then you've got Rimmer with the classic line saying I think it's going to be one of those days
2: <laughs> well some of the fish are actually alive you know they're flopping about on the floor
1: yeah I, I noticed that but there was um, there wasn't all of them I think I, I didn't set. That I think there's,
2: there's it. a there's a close up of um, at least one, and you can see its gills going and flopping about. Sort of thing That's that right, today, yeah. if they tried to do it, you'd probably get some sort of animal activist saying you can't do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It then moves on to the next scene, and then um, you've got the aftermath of of the hallucinations, and you've got cat coming in, and again being selfish, She went, "Oh, you're up," and says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm up." and he says, oh, I brought you some grapes, and there's no grapes on the stem, it's just the stem. And he he brings him an orange as well, and it's just the orange peel.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny, that is. And then he takes his... uh, He says, right, all this generosity has made me tired. He just whips his pillow and his blanket off him and gets into
0: Rimmer's bottom bunk and, you know, nestles down. And every time Rimmer asks Lister a question, the cat answers, as if Rimmer's asking the cat. (laughs)
2: Yeah. It's, very, very good. It is classic that is, isn't it? It's um it's just the way he storms out as well afterwards. You've got the uh, uh I'm trying to think guess you're awake, he goes, yeah, but I'll be asleep in a minute. <laughs> you know. Well, how do you feel? Fine, just don't ask me any more questions. I'm trying to sleep. it's just you know, classic lines, it's a fantastic scene. And, and when it, as he, as he, even when he storms out, you think, right, it's over and done with. You've had your laugh at it. He storms off. He turns <laughs> to um, Lister and he says, right, how are you feeling? And you stay, cat say, hurt, as he walks off out the door. It's <laughs> yeah. it, brilliant. It is, it's it's, it's got to be the funniest uh, moment in series one, this has, you know, certainly for me. I, yeah. I love this.
1: I did really laugh out loud. Um, it, to be honest, it's, it's one of those episodes that's got loads of laugh out loud moments in it. the next scene is is one of the scenes that does have most uh, well personally for me one of the most laugh out loud moments in it um cause you've got lis- um, you've got Rimmer who's explained that confidence and paranoia have become solid objects and solid people when they're sat in the drive room waiting for him and he walks through and you've got basically if you if you haven't seen it you've got paranoia is how you would um expect paranoia a guy he looks um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, a, a morgue type dude.
2: Looks like a mortician, yeah. That's
1: one. Look, um, I tell you, what
2: he looks like he looks like the uh, in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know, the child. Uh, That's it. Catcher.
1: Yeah, he looks like the child catcher. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, nose not as big, but yeah, looks. He's got that look about him—the pale skin, the dark eyes.
1: Yeah, in a in a black suit, black tie. Um, just looks very very Weasley, and then you've got total opposite, your confidence, and you've got this guy, he must be like six and a half foot, tanned, white teeth, loud suit, um, big gold chains, everything, and that's that's Lister's um, confidence. And you've got, hey, the king's here, it's Mr. Beautiful, <laughs> it's just
0: brilliant. Yeah, he carries on and on, giving, bullying Dave up and saying he can have Kachansky and all that, I think it's funny. Yeah, because he...
1: He, he turns around to uh, Rimmer and he says, um, what does the H stand for, Horace?
0: And then later on he
2: says, uh, I know what it does stand for. H is for idiot.
1: Yeah, H is for idiot. He uh, says, um, it actually stands for hologram, I'm dead. He says, well, it, it couldn't have happened to a more deserving guy. <laughs> yeah. The next thing cuts to you've got Lister and his confidence sat in the, in the bunk scene. And you've got Lister playing um, a song about dwindling, and it's basically a love song that Lister's apparently written. And you've got confidence sat there, and he's the best way I can describe the look on his face is is starstruck, smitten, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he's just like, wow, did did you really write that? <laughs> and it is, it's, it's what your confidence would be saying if you wrote an absolute crap tune
2: thing is, even Lister knows it's crap, you know, and he lets himself be talked into it and he's grinning about it, but he he tries telling him, no, it's it's a pile of crap. And, he, you know, he he won't, um, he just won't have it, will he? He just, uh, no, that is amazing. That's the Indling, he calls it the Indling song, don't he? <laughs> That's <laughs> right,
1: yeah. Which is just brilliant. And then Lister um, catches out the corner of his eye that confidence is taking a cigarette butt through his hat, and he puts it in his pocket and says, I'm sorry you caught me the king's lips have been round this. The, the Duke of
2: <laughs> Deliciousness lips. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, they've got, uh, if you listen to the commentary, uh, Craig Charles says he was actually at a convention and one of the fans came up with a bag and it got about four or five of his nubs in it that the guy had picked oh, up no. off the set. He said he wants <laughs> him to sign him, And you know, it, it's it's real life imitating the show. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: bizarre, is that? Hmm. <laughs> The next scene, you've got Rimmer <laughs> again. It's another laugh-out-loud moment for me. You've got you've got Rimmer sat in the drive room um, with paranoia, and paranoia there saying how um, Lister once called the gym teacher his dad, and things like that. And he's just going on and droning on. He's, he's, he's the <laughs> most monotone guy you could ever you could ever bump into. He he just wants to kill him. And what he's got, he's got. You've got the scutter with a with a syringe, and you can see you can see Rimmer kind of saying, "Come close, come closer," and then he shouts out and he's going, "Stab him, stab him!" Oh, a few, and he totally misses. or the scutter the and- don't get anywhere
0: close. The paranoia bloke turns round when uh, <laughs> Rimmer starts shouting, "Stab him, stab him!" and then the scutter sort of like drops the uh, syringe in embarrassment, and that's when you get the old, "Have you met Stab him? This is paranoia." scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, there is one of these scutters. In fact, thinking about it, that's that's where they set up the scene um, early when they were in the medi room um and the the scutter having a bad aim. So I think that that then sets up this scene suggesting that even if they wanted to they couldn't stab him. Yeah.
2: Do you um are you surprised that Rimmer doesn't actually get on with paranoia?
1: I thought it really would, you know.
2: It's, when... it's, yeah. I'd, I thought it'd take a while for them to start to grate on each other's nerves because it's, um, you know, there's a mutual hatred of Dave Lister. You know, the, he's, he's got stories he can tell Rimmer that you know Rimmer would pay good money for. You know, to air off anybody else. Yeah, but,
0: yeah. They were getting along for a while when shortly after when Confidence and Lister like walked off set. They were sitting down and they were talking and getting on for a while.
2: It's just that one comment though, isn't it? You know, where he says, I can't believe he's associated he's, he's, Is is what how does he word it? Is associating with a figment of his imagination and then realize that he's associating with a figment of Lister's imagination at the same That's time. That's right, yeah. Just before you cut to this um Rimmer and Paranoia, you've got the the end of the previous scene was um confidence and Lister. Uh, basically realising that they can um, bring two two holograms on at the same time. Um, Lister saying you can't do it, Holly can only sustain one. And Confident says, sure you can, you know, you can figure it out. And sure enough, he does. So this is at the point then where they enter the drive room to um, tell Rimmer that uh, they've found a way to turn Kachansky on, which yeah. obviously Rimmer is dead set against. Um, he comes in, just if we turn off all unnecessary systems, we can sustain two holograms. And the the instant reaction of paranoia is the uh, no, oh, yeah, he's been he's been drinking. Look, you can smell it on him. Um, and yeah. uh, obviously, Rimmer's not interested. And I think it cracks me up is the confidence is line with the uh, he holds a light bulb above Lister's head and he goes, "Bing bong, another great idea from the people who brought you beer milkshakes." And <laughs> it's you know it just introduces the idea of having a second hologram. You know they can now have uh, Red Dwarf can sustain two holograms.
1: Yeah. the next scene what what you see, you see the medicom is all smashed up and Rimmer goes to Lister and says listen because you're still ill is why these two exist and they've smashed up the medicom uh, to keep themselves alive and Lister's like no 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 forget it and then it then continues from the previous scene where he's suggesting where they can get Kachansky back but he doesn't know where Rimmer has hidden the holograms uh, the hologram discs so the confidence is sat there saying, no, come on, you can suss this out. And after, um, after a few minutes, he susses out that Rimmer will have hidden him outside and somewhere close uh, just to just to basically get get Lister. And he susses out that they're in the solar panel outside their room.
0: You see a lot of caring from Rimmer in the, this scene and in some of the later scenes where Rimmer actually appears to care for Lister. You know, we're saying, oh, just be careful, and certainly one of the later scenes where he's warning him about um, confidence. Well, he says yeah.
2: he he sees them as symptoms of his dis- of his illness, don't he? He says you're That's not right, better yeah. until they've gone, their symptoms, and
0: you know. Yeah, but Rimmer yeah. seems genuinely concerned about Lister, rather than all the archibarge that they've been having.
1: Yeah, I guess, but there again, I think there will have been something personal in there for him, otherwise he wouldn't have bothered. Like basically, if 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 Lister then goes off with confidence, um, as weird it may seem, he's not going to need uh, Rimmer at all, and he's just going to be left with uh, paranoia. Yeah, Maybe he's yeah. just looking it from a selfish view.
2: Have you um, have you seen the bit as well? You know when uh, Rimmer turns around, and he says, um, "Where is you know where's paranoia?" And confidence says, "I don't know, somewhere near Uruguay." If you watch <laughs> that scene again and you keep your eyes on Lister, uh, yeah. he's mouthing the words. Oh, right. as, okay. as confidence says it, Lister is actually mouthing the words at the same time as if he's, you know, I know what he's going to say and next line's mine, you know, and yeah, it's uh, it's clear as day once it were pointed out to me, you can you can see it a mile off. Oh, I'll go
1: and have, I'll go and have another look, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice that. No, I didn't, <laughs> The next scene you've got you've got Lister and Confidence outside the ship and they're having like a little dance down the side of the ship, um and he's doing like a cha cha cha. And he's... I can't remember the exact lines he's using, but he's he's basically bigging him up, he's saying, Oh, you're wonderful
2: Well you've got the um you know how the Rimmer turns around to Holly and says put a trace on him uh, yeah, and it, it obviously you've got the line about um it means space jargon, it means find him. No, it didn't. You made that up to look cool. But you've also got the, um, he turns around to him and he says, he's no longer on this ship. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if you remember back to um, the last episode, back to waiting for God. Yeah. Um, Holly loses track of Cat, you know. Deep yeah, he sees in him the... going down to
1: yeah. A well, level, yeah. it
2: doesn't. It doesn't say he's no longer on the sensors. He actually says he's no longer on this ship. Um, and I wonder if Holly actually knows that Confidence has uh, basically flushed his mints into space, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, he could have done.
2: Because it's uh, and... it's a definite. It's not. He's no longer on sensors. He definitely says he's no
0: longer on this ship. Yeah, that's right. Then outside Lister, asks where... Paranoia is, doesn't it? Uh, no, yeah. Lisa asks why Paranoia smashed up the MediLab. Yeah. And
2: that's yeah.
0: when Confidence says it wasn't him, it was me.
1: Yeah, cha-cha-cha.
2: <laughs> in, he says it in a very confident manner, don't he? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you've got... It's continuing with the same scene. Um, I think Confidence is becoming a little bit too confident for him. And They do find the discs outside the solar panel, outside the room. But then he's giving it um oh
2: he says i want to go inside now don't he you know he's he's basically yeah. you know you, you've murdered paranoia cha 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 you've not bothered you've got no remorse he decides he wants to get away from him and go inside and he's going to say, I want to go inside, it gets hot in these suits, and he's he's just saying, well, take your helmet off then, you don't need it, you know, you're the king. <laughs> and he, he almost chases him up the, um, if, if you look at the actual set they've got, you know, there's some stairs up in a handrail, and yeah. he almost chases him up it, don't he? You know, yeah. To the point where Lister then has to jump around the outside of him to get by. You yeah, know? that's right. And then... Um, Obviously, you've got confidence. Uh, saying, here, yeah, I'll, I'll prove it." And you know, oxygen's for who told you you need oxygen? So he just takes his helmet off to prove him, uh, prove that you don't need it, and actually proves that you do.
1: And just explodes, yeah.
2: Mm. Do you do you like the actual set that's been built for this bit? Because it's a piece of, um, it's not used in any of the internal shots. It's a, it's an external. Um, set specifically built, and I yeah. can't—I don't think they ever use it again. I've, I can only remember seeing it on that—you know—that once. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I
2: think it's uh, it's quite a good little um, a little piece of set they've made there.
0: Yeah, with yeah. Solar panels. Does it yeah. actually show you their window though? There's a little no. like little tiny portal, but it don't look like it's their window. It looks too small for their window. That was the whole thing, wasn't it? it hid it outside. The bunk's window, the bedroom's window.
1: Yeah, mm, don't know. Next scene, you've got you've got um, the cat doing his laundry, which <laughs> uh, it's quite disgusting actually. Because you basically the scene starts off with a dripping bucket, and sorry, not a dripping bucket, but a bucket with water dripping into it, and you see all the cat with all his laundry up um, hung hung up on the washing line. And you've got Rimmer turning around and saying, that's disgusting, you're going to have to stop doing that. And he says, what? And then starts just licking his shirts. So you think, ah, oh, that's disgusting.
0: <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> it, that's how a cat cleans itself, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> <It's>, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I loved that scene. It's
1: uh, funny. Then you've got Lister holding the disc and saying, ah, oh, I've got chances' disc. And and Rim saying, oh, you'll you'll regret it. Don't do it, don't do it. And then pops into the drive room, takes chances disc out, puts it in the um I think it's called the um Holly Projection um, hologram projection unit in the drive room. Yeah and up pops um Rimmer. So a second Rimmer.
2: It's What's like um It I tell you what, it's like the uh Waiting for God episode again. You've got um Lister right from the beginning is telling Rimmer that um it's garbage. This pod is garbage. You know, basically just telling him and he does the uh, Rimmer does the same to Lister on this one. He's going that disc will bring you unhappiness. I want it on record. I've told you it will not make you happy. You know.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's proper role reversal on this one, isn't it? So,
2: yeah, yeah, they're as bad as each other, aren't they? Sorry, I, t- I tell you one thing I do like. You know, um, as he walks out with the disc, yeah, um, you've got uh, Lister leaves the bunk room to head for the drive room. Yeah, uh, Rimmer basically does a salute and then marches off. Um, making the brass band noises with his mouth, you know, the bruh, 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 off he goes. Yeah, the cat, the cat. does. He mocks the salute, shrugs, yeah, not for me," and then just does his little dance. <laughs> just dances <laughs> off to his little theme music. And I, I love that scene. It's just, you know, smooth with a capital smooth. Is it? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> very good. Uh, but that's it. That's that's the end of the episode, and that leads on nicely to. Uh, the next episode, which is me squared, which will be the next one we're reviewing. Right, well that's the episode reviewed, um, time for the scores. I really, really do like this episode. It's probably not my best and I don't think it's worth a 10, but it's definitely worth better than, um, than a lot of the episodes uh, that we've re- reviewed recently. I love um, the confidence and the paranoia concept um I love some of the one liners for cat in this one and I just think it's a great episode. Uh I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. Uh, what about you, Anthony?
2: Um, it's it's quite possibly my favourite episode full stop. Uh okay. of all the red it's it's certainly my favourite in series one. Um okay. but I'm going straight in with uh, I think I gave nine out of ten for the end.
0: Yeah.
2: Um I'm going straight in for a ten out of ten for this one. I really oh, wow. do. Okay. It, it's it's <laughs> to me, it's it's fantastic. Even even any faults are, in fact, now if there aren't any faults, perfect. Ten out of ten.
0: Excellent. <laughs> and what about you, Nick? Um, well, I have to agree with you, Darren. I think a uh, eight out of ten. I really like this episode. It made me laugh. So yeah, an eight out of ten.
1: Brilliant. Well, that's um. Let's see. That's an eight, an eight, and a ten. That's um. That's let's call it eighty-seven percent. So not quite as good as the end, um, which we did give a 90%, but still a very, very high score. That's end the review section, and the next section will be what's going down in Groovestown. But after a quick advertisement from Nova Babylonia,
0: there are no witnesses to date, and the only thing we have managed to recover is this scrap of garbled transmission. Both
1: sides in war bear equal responsibility for the darker sides of their nature.
0: There is a mechanism in place that will inform the president of our complicity in
2: this. God, they're gonna kill him. They're
0: going to kill David. Join the continuing adventures of Novo Babylonia at www.novo-b.com Alright dudes, what's going down in Groovetown then?
1: Red Dwarf News, it's not really that much happening to be honest. Um, I think everybody's gearing up for the Dimension Jump. Myself and Anthony, we've already got tickets. Um, so we'll definitely be there. Nick, have you got your tickets yet?
0: No, I ain't got my tickets yet. Um uh... Just got a lot of money to pay out on my car, unfortunately. So as soon as that's done, I'll be purchasing my tickets.
1: Brilliant. Well, it's it's not until October anyway, but I think it's going to be quite an experience. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Any further news on the on the Dimension Jump,
2: Anthony? No, nah, um, not really. Uh, no, there's been no no fresh news on uh, what's happening at the event. Uh, I know there's been some trouble. Um, with fans trying to book the hotel rooms they're saying that they're full but there is actually so many that are reserved for the uh, members um, and they've got a special number you need to check the official uh, fan website out for that Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any fresh news like you say, yourself and myself are going uh, Nick says he's probably going I think Ian's on about going yeah. And um, from the forums, Lego 7770, I think he's on about going as well. Brilliant. Okay. So, um, there should be a group of us here.
1: Yeah, it should be a nice little turnout. I mean, I've got a couple of colleagues from work as well who are toying with the idea of going. So, yeah, it should be really good. I mean, the thing is, for me this year, it's it's very, well, it's pretty local. Um, I a couple of years ago moved down to the Midlands and to find a dimension jump almost on my doorstep is I've got no excuse not to go.
2: <laughs> I must admit I'm planning on travelling rather than you know, for I might take a tent down and camp out on one at roundabouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we said that last week, didn't we? Yeah. <clears throat> that's right. <clears throat> There's yeah. no like recycling gags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I think the other Red Wharf news that's been going on is um There has been an announcement for the DVD. Uh, I think we mentioned last week that it was going to be a double DVD set. I think the first disc is going to be, as was shown, um, obviously without the adverts in three separate episodes, and the second disc is going to be the Director's cut, and it's going to be all spliced into one, Uh, which, yeah, very very much looking forward to that with tons and tons of extras.
0: When's that coming out?
2: June the 15th, and um, also... um I think it was. It's come. I think it's originated from a Bobby Lou tweet. Um, we know that the cast have been in and recorded a commentary. Yeah. Um. And uh, also Doug Naylor. He's been in and also recorded a commentary. So I'm assuming that the cast will probably do the um, TV version, and then the the director's cut, the uh, lengthened version where it's all as one. I'm assuming that that's the one. Um that Doug Naylor's is going to do not nothing definitely but that's um that's what people are guessing at
1: yeah yeah and uh, I'm really looking forward to it to be honest um I tell you what I haven't found yet um I have been doing a bit of googling um do you know if they're bringing out a blu-ray version because I know I know the episode was shot in was it red camera um, which is it totally blows blu-ray out the water but it, it should mean that you should get exceptional quality on a blu-ray
2: I couldn't tell you. I don't know anything. I've not heard anything with that.
1: No. Well, I mean, if anybody's um, heard anything about Blu-ray, I'd be quite interested in that. So uh, pop into the forum and let us know.
2: That's uh, www.reddwarfforum.com.
1: Yep. Or just just Google Red Dwarf Forum and it'll come straight up. Um. And for Red Dwarf news, I think that's that's about it.
0: Welcome. To the Parrot Spa, the place you can drink a curry-flavoured tequila slammer that burns on the way in and on the way out.
1: If anybody's been following the forum recently or, or been reading um, some posts, you'll have found out a couple of months ago. Um, Mr. Mr. Studfarm, um, who we have on here. I knew, he's you. A... I knew
2: you was going to go here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got a mate who's making him a C-3PO outfit, which, don't get me wrong, that is very, very cool, and I'd love one. Um, however...
2: Um... <laughs> I've been groomed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would seem that in over the weekend... He was a
2: and I have no idea. Do you want me to to, uh, tell people? Please do. Right, it's it's in the forum. Um, It's on the Red Dwarf forum. There's also another couple of forums where uh, I've mentioned it. Um, Basically, it just says, should I risk my well-being for Star Wars outfits? Well, what what actually happened is it was... um, when did I post it in the Red dwarf Forum? I posted it on 11th of December. So it was at the start of December. I think it was a yeah. couple of weeks old when I posted it. And it's a driver who comes into our workplace. And <laughs> we'd just lost all his overtime at work with the economy and what have you. And he's, a, he, he's just chatting. Um, he comes in sometimes. I don't really know him. I wouldn't call him a mate. And he says, do you want to, do you want to earn 1,500 quid? No, he says, do you want 1,500 quid? I says, all right, go on then. He says, "Uh, no, seriously, do you want to earn it? And I says, yeah, depends what I've got to do for it. Um, He says, I'll come back to you later. So off he went. Uh, You you can find all this out on the forum, but basically um, he went off, uh, he came back later on that day. He says, all it is, he says he's got a bet with a bloke in his local pub, and it's a three grand bet, and this bloke is going to buy the proper movie quality c3po outfits they're going to be chrome plated they're going to have working lights this that and the other and do you want to walk around the local woods in them at night um for 1500 quid each we'll split it uh obviously i thought this is obviously absolute bull but you get to keep the c3po outfit this 1500 pound i said yeah i'd do that You know, for the suit, I'd do it for the suit alone. It's it's gone on. It's been going on for months, and it's the longer it's gone on. Basically, I thought, the more I've thought, it's a sad, lonely bloke that's got no to talk about, and he's digging himself a deeper and deeper hole. Um, (laughs) He he turned up at the weekend. We've got to do this bloke says we've got to do a practice run uh, in um, wetsuit in diving suits. He said that weeks and weeks ago, uh, whilst the C3PO outfits are being chrome plated and what have you. And I've played along thinking, yeah, he's a a bit of a sad ass. I've played along. I've said, yeah, fair enough. You know, and he's actually given me 40 quid. That's for you walking around for the practice route. Fair enough. I've put it in a drawer. I thought, I'll give it him back in a few weeks when nothing happens. he turned up on Saturday with a couple of wetsuits. <laughs>
1: right off we go. So, 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 let me get this right. Both of you were in
2: wetsuits. Both of us were in wetsuits. Right. Okay. Right. Um, we've gone up the the place where we've done the walk. Where we're doing the walk is a local, uh, very famous dogging site. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we've parked in this layby, and I'm, I'm shaking my head and I'm thinking to myself, "What the hell am I doing?" Um, I mean, the, the blokes it's a non-threatening bloke, you know, I've i not worried about being raped or anything, because you, you, you flick him on the end of the nose, he'd go down crying, he's, he's quite a sad-looking bloke. Um, so, <laughs> we've gone off for this walk, and he's got this carrier bag with a couple of bottles of pop in it, he stops near this bench, uh, it's just getting dark, it's quite late on Saturday, he says, um, <clears throat> bloke says, we stop us from chafing in these rubber suits we've got to lube up <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did pulled, this not ring alarm he, bells he, he got on his tooth, he pulled out about about six bottles of um, concentrated co-op washing up liquid we got to lube up <laughs> and he starts pouring it down his neck hold and he says he says to him um, are you are getting lube? up? I says, no, you're all right. I says, I'm not chafing at all. He says, oh, he got to me. He says he wants you to. I said, I couldn't give a... Well, I'm, I'm, we'll try and get swearing out of the uh, podcast, but I basically told him, no, I'm not. <laughs> so we've gone for this walk around, and um, there's one bit, it's a bit of a creepy, it's a bit creepy, it's nearly black now, it's nearly dark. He says, I'm getting scared. He says, do you mind if I walk closer to you? And I thought, <laughs> I thought you know, he's been... He kept bringing up this uh, washing-up liquid. You've got to, oh, do you want to pour it? Oh, it'll get rid of the tightness of the suit, all the rest of it. And all the time I'm saying, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> when he says, oh, I'm getting scared, do you mind if I walk a bit closer to you? And I thought, this has been a setup from day one. This has been months and months of um, <laughs> of grooming almost. Yeah, so yeah, I turn around to him and I says, look, I said, you can walk closer to me if you want. I said, but if you get too close, I'll break your effing nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we got, uh, well, I don't know, about 20 metres further down <clears> at <throat> the corner, because obviously I'm watching, keeping my eye on him. I see I see him fumbling with his zip at the back. He pulled his zip down. He says, my zip's come undone. Will you fasten it back up? <laughs> oh, no. It's an HGV driver, this bloke is... <clears throat> So I just said, "Now you know we we gotta go." But that's it. I've had enough. <laughs> so that was it. We went. Um, I've told him I'm not doing the walk again. You can forget it. <laughs> you know. I said, "If you turn up with a C C3, three C three PO outfit in the back of the car," I said, "Maybe." I said, "But let's face it, that ain't gonna happen." Mm. They're about two three grand at least. The ones he was looking at and the rest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was my weekend walking around the woods dressed in rubber with a bloke, don't really know <laughs> <laughs> uh, What? Uh, I mean surely
1: your, your other half said well, you doing what now you going where
2: she laughed about it uh, she was laughing and then um, I, I, I made sure I took my phone with her and I kept texting her you know just saying there's, there's something not right here there's something not right here
1: <laughs> Well, do you know when he turned up with wetsuits yeah. that's when I give it It's something not right
2: here <laughs> It's just the way, you know, the way it started, um, my, my honest, my honest belief was that he's a sad ass bloke that's trying to buy a friendship, right, and then I'm thinking to myself, it's a moral question of, um, you know, for Star Wars outfits and cash, can I be somebody's friend, <laughs> I've right. not really got, I've not really answered that yet, but I was playing along and what have you, um. I mean, Jesus, his breath was that bad in the van driving down there. It, I had to turn my head and look out the window because his breath stunk so much. And oh, no. you know, anyway, he's he's, he's a sad ass bloke, and I, I did pity him a bit. And when he turned up with these diving suits, I I didn't think it was for anything other than oh, he's he's dug this deep hole and he's trying to make out it's still going to go ahead, you know. So I, right. I played along. And um, more for me, it was obviously something he'd planned from day one. He wanted to get me in rubber smeared in... Um, <laughs> <are you> up <laughs> <there>? <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is, these suits we got on, they weren't rubber, they were they were cheap. I mean, it's, it's costed. It's, 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 I've had um, 40 quid off him. He's bought two diving suits, unless he already owned them. But now, the, the one I brought still had its new tags on. He'd obviously picked it up from the shop. His suit mm. was the same. They were 25 quid each. Uh, right. plus the washing up liquid, it's probably cost him 100 quid or more, you know. And if you're that desperate, go out and find a rent boy, Jesus. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> All anyway, it's all on the forums. Visit the forums. Should I risk my well-being for Star Wars outfits? And give me your opinion. Call me an idiot, whatever you want. Uh, I'll take it on the chin. That's all I can do. I tell you what, I'm so glad I threatened to break his nose. If I hadn't have done, I'd dread to think how far he'd <laughs> have gone. Podcast of the week. Uh, this week, I'm going to recommend... Apotheosis of a bombast. I yeah. think I've uh, I think I've said that right. Um, it's basically it's um, it's two guys. It's uh, Scott Copperman from US of A, and Elton McManus from the UK. And it's it's a typical podcast. It's uh, two guys get their heads together and they'll talk about either something that's been in the news recently or um, uh, interesting stories they found on the internet. Uh, they very intelligent guys very smooth voices and um it's a pleasure to listen to it's um they're they're funny they're entertaining um i think the last episode i listened to uh, elton wasn't available so scott brought his um young son in and they spoke about godzilla and things that was a
1: brilliant episode yeah
2: it it was a very good episode Uh, i think that's the one that gave us the easter egg hunt as well wasn't it that's
1: right, yeah. Where you got the twelve almost impossible questions, <laughs> and
2: oh. I, I, I know I've got at least one wrong. And he says that every single person that has replied to the Easter egg hunt has at least one wrong. So uh, right. um It's because the no, it's the deodorant we... one. I can't get. That's the that's the, at least one that's wrong.
1: I don't know about you, but i spent a long time on YouTube listening to Hot
2: Pockets. (laughs) What's the comedian's name again?
1: Um, Is it Jim uh, Gardner? Um, Hang on. Pause. Right. Google.
2: (laughs) Let's get some bloody help off our listeners. Why is that not... Oh, here we go.
1: It was Jim Gardner or something like that, isn't it?
2: I've got Um, it here now. It's Jim Gaffigan.
1: That's it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Are you still recording?
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll pause that little bit out.
2: Right, basically, um, the only question... Well, one of the questions I've got wrong, as far as I'm aware, um, as far as I'm aware, nobody's got all 12 right yet. Yeah. We need to know... Uh, Jim Gaffigan asserts that people who invented the Hot Pockets jingle also came up with the slogan for What Deodorant? And we need to know the name of that deodorant. Um, yeah, so if anybody out here knows we're struggling like hell, log onto the Red Dwarf Forum, uh, PM, send a personal message to Darren or myself. In fact, just post it, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we've got to get this Easter egg Easter egg hunt done. Um, yeah.
1: Scott Elton I, I think this maybe class is cheating but we don't care <laughs>
2: <laughs> So yeah it's um if you want to listen to this podcast it's uh, it's another podbean one um luckily you don't have to know how to spell apothe- apotheosis but yeah apotheosis <clears throat> that's the one it's um no www just uh, forget the www it's uh, bombastpodcast.podbean.com yeah. Uh, and um yeah it's it's a very entertaining one um
1: yeah i mean the um i agree the episode that you um last listened to was i think it was Scott and his son, and to be honest, he was a very very clued up little kid um i wa I was taken back it was like it was like a conversation between two adults um very clued up um and the last one um the last episode that did actually hit home with me um they were discussing i think they call it death death watch hang on. Just have a look at the show notes for the last one. I think it's is Death something. I think it's called Death Yes,
2: Watch. yes. Um, has there been another one since? No, not yet. Slightly morbid. Death Switch.
1: Death Switch, that's Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, the last podcast that they did really hit home with me. It's called Death Switch, where you can register. if Basically, if, if, if you were to pass away... Um, sorry I know it sounds really morbid but if you were to pass away you can actually have like an automated alert going out and um, just telling people that you have passed away because I mean in this day and age with us all on the internet um, somebody could just pass away and all their um, I know we joke and call them virtual friends but all the people you don't actually know in person and you only know them as a handle or people on the forum or people on Twitter
2: we call them imaginary friends yeah, it's yeah. I <laughs> friends, imaginary friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they wouldn't know where you had gone. Uh, they just think you dropped offline. Um, and it's just a way of alerting those people. Uh, which uh, it really did hit home with me. I mean, I um obviously we do this podcast. Um, this the forums we run. There's my um other projects I work with, which is a Fiction Shed. And to be honest, if if I did just drop offline, nobody would know where I was.
2: Well, I had it with um, episode three of this podcast, didn't I? Where I'd, yeah. I'd lost all my internet and. I just I turned around to the wife I says, I've got nobody's phone number, nowhere I you know, I've not I've not got a Wi Fi mobile or anything. Um yeah. Luckily I did manage to send one uh, using my wife's phone with uh, just the normal internet access on the phone, not the Wi-Fi, the normal uh, connection. Yeah. God knows how much it cost me just to send you that one message saying, <laughs> you know, internet down if you need me, such and such number. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it is it's it's frightening um, if I remember rightly didn't they say it was all it all occurred with um, it all started with a bloke who was playing um, Warcraft yeah playing uh, World of Warcraft and he'd had a fallout with his guild um, stormed off and nobody saw him for about three weeks and his daughter had been trying to get hold of all of his guild friends his online friends his imaginary friends um, to let him know that he'd died you know and yeah. they just thought oh you know, we, we must have upset him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, frightening.
1: Well, that's the end of this podcast. Um, thank you very much for listening and for listening to the previous episodes and still staying with us with the Red Dwarf Bubble Burst, so to speak. Um, we will be doing a... It is bank holiday in the UK next weekend, um, but we will still be doing an episode for you. Um and over to you, Nick, to to lead us out.
0: Okay. Well, next week's episode will be me squared, so we'll see you then.
1: Yeah. Bye. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
0: See ya.